Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Karen Robinson. Karen Robinson, a life social, social work, is a service-driven social worker, therapist, and coach with 24 years of clinical experience. Karen received both her BSW and MSW from the University of Maine, where she is originally from. Karen is genuine, authentic, compassionate provider. Her specialties are trauma recovery, anxiety, and depression. In her free time, Karen enjoys reading, writing, and spending time with her family. Heal, Thrive, Dream is a mother-daughter company that includes a wide range of service and products for women recovering from trauma. They offer holistic therapy, coaching, virtual group coaching, membership, community service, courses, planners, journals, etc. And they are a one-stop shop for women who are ready to fire their boss as they offer touchless e-commerce agencies and a full-service digital agency to assist with websites, logo, social media management, etc. And they also teach survivors how to explore relationship and affiliate marketing as a several streams of revenue will set them up for the best chance of success in every aspect of their life. And without further ado, please welcome Karen Robinson to GEMS Podcast. Thank you, Genesis, for having me on today. My pleasure. And today, Karen, we're going to unpack career women recovering from trauma. I know there are various areas of trauma. So we're going to start with learning a little bit more about what you've seen professionally and how that has helped you personally with the business you're doing now. Yeah, sure. So my experience um, working with women is that oftentimes there's a, a background of childhood abuse that could either be physical, emotional, or sexual. And usually there's some sort of combination. And it could also be women who grew up in homes with domestic violence, okay? And what tends to happen is that that foundation um, with them having so many cracks in that their foundation growing up, um, what can happen later is they end up in other relationships that recreate those problems. So it's not uncommon for a survivor to have a history of sexual assault or being with partners that um, are domestically violent or just not are not kind to them. The other problem I see with women who are survivors is they tolerate a lot of crap in the workplace. So I, I like to work with, with women um, to not do that any longer. I like to give them options to get out. And why do you feel like some women tolerate that crap in the workplace versus building their exit strategy to successfully navigate outside of that and really overcome some of that trauma? Like, is it maybe fear, mindset issues, 
or et cetera that you've seen professionally with your area of, of expertise? Yeah, I think it's, it's complicated. I, I think um, one of the issues is people often feel stuck um, is one. And two, I think we get, we buy into the belief that, well, maybe this is just what I deserve, or maybe I'm the problem, you know? Um, and I think whenever there's a, a position where there's a lot of people in power over you, it can feel very intimidating to bring our voice and, you know, and, and say what we need, what we think, what we um, see as abuse or toxic work, work environment. So it's, I think it's complicated. Yeah, so I guess it depends on a case by case basis and what that individual is dealing with because I know there are various types of trauma and some examples that you um, help guide some of your clients with are domestic violence, sexual assault, overall healing journey, emotional abuse, physical abuse, and mental health, which can be any diagnosis with mental health. So whenever we think about those and we think about women who women are very complex and I like to use the analogy, women are like noodles because we can interweave in different forms and fashions, whereas men are like waffles. They like to compartmentalize and they like to fix things. Do you feel like women who are multifaceted in those areas tend to take on a lot, which instead of recovering from some of those traumas, they may replay the traumas because they may not know that they're actually dealing with trauma. Right, right, exactly. So I think um, if they're getting a lot of grief from their bosses on certain areas, they may not um, be conscious that it's triggering other authority figures in their childhood that maybe talk to them a certain way. And so they don't question that interaction or maybe they feel like they're just being too sensitive. Like, and so I think that's why it's so important to tell our stories and share with others what we're going through. Cause then maybe it's a good friend or a therapist or a mentor who says, what they said to you is not okay. And it's not okay what they said. It doesn't matter what you've been through. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to talk to people at work. And that was very unprofessional. So that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> Absolutely. And how can we as women support one another and encourage each other to really stand up? Because sometimes women don't always want to quote unquote stand up and be put in the spotlight because they're like, well, what about if they see me this way? Or well, what about if my ranking suffers or, you know, I get a demerit or whatever the case may be, because I feel like there's still some remnants of fear ingrained in them because, you know, decades ago, women were not in the workforce and now we're in the workforce and we're trying to take over whether we are supervisors managers, directors, or etc. But before we got to that level, we had to know that it was okay to say that we weren't okay. We had to know that it was okay to speak up and break down those barriers. So can you elaborate on that, Karen? Yeah, I think you're making excellent points. 
Um, and it's also, it wasn't that long ago that we were property, you know, not only for African-American women or um, women from different diverse backgrounds, but women in general back in the day could not own property um, or couldn't vote. And so us exercising our voice is fairly new, you know, so I think that's telling our stories can provoke a lot of anxiety. And I think tiptoeing into that can be really helpful, but also asking your question, well, would my boss say this to a man under his care, you know, under his supervision? So if he would not say it to a man, he should not be saying it to me. Um, or would my boss, I, this is a, a thing I often found myself in. Um, I would have bosses that would overload me with work and things that sometimes were not in my purview of what I was trained to do. I'm like, well, if this was a man, would they be asking me to do these, all these extra things that don't seem to be within my expertise? And a lot of times that question says no. So that's when we have to stand our ground, even though it is uncomfortable. And I like that approach that you're using, Karen, is would they do it to a man? Because if not, then there's obviously a double standard there. So that gives you a leg room to really advocate for yourself because it there is no um, equality across the board and there's no equity there because if they're doing it to you but not to a male, you could see how there's an um, imbalance there. So I like that you take that approach, Karen. And then I want to um, dive a little bit deeper into your career because social work could be a field that could be mentally, physically, and emotionally taxing. And some would even say spiritually. So can you talk about a challenge that you face that left you feeling as if you needed to go to a therapist, a coach, or something to just kind of recharge and rejuvenate yourself so you could be whole and complete when you're working with others? Yeah, so I think that's a, a wonderful question. A lot of um, care providers are really wonderful at their jobs of taking care of other people, and we often fall short when it comes to taking care of ourselves, and I'm guilty as charged um, with that. 24 years of doing the work, I think I am a very resilient provider, competent, well-trained, all the things. And uh, it takes a lot to kind of upset me now in my work because I've just the exposure of over time. But there are things that come up that are um, super sensitive. And I think suicide is, is one of those areas that are a horrific trauma that's above and beyond what I'm used to hearing. And that could be combat related or interpersonal. Um, for example, I worked with a woman once who, who, when she told about her abuse, the uncle that had been abusing her literally buried her underground um, in the forest just overnight with just her head above ground. And so all night long, hearing animals and noises in the pitch black of night they I could I could feel like she was hyperventilating as she was telling this I could feel you know her anxiety her pain that was hard for me to shake off 
you know, that's, those are the things I have to work on in my own therapy is like, how can I bear witness to another suffering and not suffer myself? It's a, it's a, it's work. Wow. As you were saying that, I'm not sure if you saw my facial reaction. Cause I was like, I cannot even imagine mm-hmm. what that woman went through to be buried in the forest at nighttime with just her head above that had to really yeah it's out there right and so what does that say to that little she was a little girl at the time that that happened um so what does that say about her voice and the person she told which was her grandmother did not believe her didn't do anything to stop the abuse so the abuse continued so is it an example? She tried to use her, her voice and it backfired, you know? So, you know, when we're in the profession of telling people to tell their stories and use their voice, um, that was super hard for me. And I, I did have to get help around that and, and learning how to process my own stuff when it comes up. And I'm glad that you were able to help her, but then also help yourself by realizing that you needed to get some help to help you overcome the traumatizing story that you just heard. And for that little girl, whatever she went to somebody that she trusts, which was her grandmother and her grandmother, quote unquote, silenced her because she didn't believe in her, that, you know, over time could shut her down from telling anybody else because she may feel like if I tell somebody else, what about if the same thing happens and they don't believe me? So we have to know how to help somebody whose voice has been silent, reignite that there is power in their voice and sharing their story and help them overcome some of those traumas that they face, you know, mentally as well as physically like that young young girl, which is now a woman. And then for those of us who are in the profession, who are able to listen to those stories and guide and coach them out of it, then we have to um, hold ourselves by not being an empath, because sometimes you could take on somebody else's pain and make it yours. Right, right. And when you do that, I feel like your judgment gets skewed and it gets a little bit cloudy because you're not able to separate the two. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things I, I do with adult women is remembering that, you know, teaching them to remember that as a little child, they were often trapped in their environments. Um, so, So I remind them as an adult there are more choices, you know, that there is safety, you know? And so if once an adult is in a safe relationship, you know, not safe relationship, but has safety in their life, like whether that means they know like at, when they go home at night and they close their door to go to sleep at night, that they're free from being sexually abused. Um, it can be very helpful when they're triggered by memories to just remember, I am safe. I am safe. I am safe. Um, My voice now is more effective. I can tell my story. You know, there are people now who believe me. Mm. And what happened is not okay. 
So it seems like the exercise that you're doing there is causing them to scrub away some of that negativity and that paradigm shift by reprogramming into them safety, security, and calmness. Because once they have that, they can sleep a little better, they feel at ease, and it also lessens anxiety. Would that be the purpose of that exercise, Karen? Yeah, because a lot of survivors um, have panic attacks. And it's because of that that old tape playing over and over of not being safe, not having a voice or feeling like you don't have a voice or people not believing you. And so, you know, truth to power, we have to say, well, wait a minute, that was true then, but it's not true now, you know. Now, granted, that works better if people are in healthy relationships or alone. It's better to be alone, frankly, than to be in an unhealthy, toxic relationship where you're you're feeling beat down and abused, either emotionally or physically. Um, so once you're in a safe environment, then I really hone in on those skills that that thinking tape of, I am safe. You know, I do have a voice. There are people who believe me because there's evidence at that point. Yep, that's so true. And I guess to just paint in another analogy here is if you think about our cell phones, we're we all have them and we're all on our phones multiple times a day. If you think about whether you're on an iOS device or an Android device, there are certain times where the um, Apple Store or the Play Store will have you update certain apps on your phone. And if those apps have to go through an update in order to upgrade, then we have to go through a process where we have to update and upgrade our internal software, which is our our mind, body, and soul. And there are certain things that we have to put into place to make sure that we are fully functioning at an optimal level. So if you think about the phone analogy and the app analogy, think about applying that to your life. It's a wonderful analogy. I have not heard that one yet. Did you come up with that one? Yes. (laughs) Hopefully just now or before? No, just now. Wow, to have your brain. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank was you. Really, yeah. Well, I thought about it because my phone is like right next to me and I'm always checking to see if there's something um, that needs to be updated because if you're in a specific app and it's not functioning properly, you're like, what's going on with my app? So you need to go into the store and see, okay, maybe it's a software app outdated? Do I need to update it in order for it to function, whether it's your bank app or Instagram or whatnot? Because we all want something that works, you know, properly and we don't want it to be slow. Yeah. And I think our paradigms, the way we think about things need to be upgraded on on the regular, right? Like, wait a minute, just because something was true then does not mean it's true now. And we're constantly growing. You know, we're constantly learning more about ourselves. We're constantly learning that um, whatever we used to think was impossible is that's no longer the case. You know, just because something hasn't been done just means someone hasn't done it yet. And why not that person be you? Yeah, so that's cool. <laughs> Absolutely. And now I want to get into some tips and tricks. Um for those women who are career driven, working that nine to five, or if you're that boss babe, running your own company. Karen, what are some tips and tricks that you've used with some of your clients 
to help them really level up and overcome that hurdle of trauma. Yeah. So mind, body, spirit is definitely um, the areas I like to hit. And so we talk a lot about um, one, just brainstorming, like brain dumping, really all the different areas in their life that they want to work on and improve. Okay. And then I, I, I teach as we're doing this, like, don't get overwhelmed. It's just a, an exercise that just letting it all, letting it all out. Like what is our things that you've always wanted to do to learn? And then we chunk it up, right? So like put it into categories. What makes sense for your planner now in this season of your life? And what do you, what needs to wait to a different season of your life? You know? So if your marriage is in trouble now, maybe that's the time you, you get a, a relationship expert involved. That's when you read the marital therapy books. That's when you do the workbooks. That's when you work on your date nights and your marriage meetings and, and you go all in. But if it's, if you're an accountant and it's tax time, maybe putting a thousand percent into your relationship is not possible. So that's when you're really upping your game on how can you be more efficient at work? Like what processes can you have in place? You know, what, what simple meals can you have ready for those long work days? So I really believe in, um, creating the life that you want by first, like putting it out on paper, like all the different things you want to achieve, but also then being realistic. Okay. What can I do now? And maybe like, um, if there's some parenting work you want to do, maybe you're doing something on the quarter for it. Maybe once a quarter, you take your child on a date, um, or that's when you're working on a, a parenting manual, but we can't do all the things at once. And type A successful women want to do all things all at the same time. And it does not work. That's when we get overwhelmed and anxious. Yes, I like that. And whenever you were saying to um, write it down, and then you also talked about chunking it up, I thought about another analogy, the pie analogy. So whether you like key lime pie, lemon meringue, or maybe you're a cheesecake lover, or you could even say cake. Everyone wants that nice size of cake. And you don't want somebody else to have a bigger piece of cake than you do, unless you're dieting, right? So just like that cake or pie has to be cut, some people cut it in forks and then they split the forks into halves. So it could be, you know, nicely cut. So how are you taking what is given in your life? So let this be your life and then chunk it out, whether it's social time, business time, whether it's um, time for innovation or whatever, and then put that into your pie and just really think about where you're spending your time. How much time are you allocating there? Is it building you up or is it taking away? And then also ask yourself, is this adding value to me? And am I adding value to this person or this area? And if not, then it's time for you to remove that and recal recalibrate and recalculate so you can make sure that you are efficient in all areas. So I don't know if you have another analogy or example outside of the pie and cake that you wanna use, Karen, but I thought about that as you were speaking. Um, not one particular one is coming to mind right now, but I will think about that. 
So I think I think it's good. And I love your your work on analogies. Analogies are in general very, very helpful for people in therapy because the visual of it um, tends to be super helpful. Um, I, I think one of the things I, I do teach a lot about instead of time management is energy management. You know, just because we have four more hours left in our workday or in our day doesn't mean we really have four hours of full energy. So just looking at that too, and like when to prioritize and putting your values into your to-dos. You know, if we do our priority list based on our values, won't that shift things up a little bit? Won't that move email check into the bottom of the list instead of the top of the list? You know, so just looking at our values and plugging on our calendar, the things that really move the needle, plugging in those things first instead of last. That is amazing. And calendars are so, so beneficial. It is like our accountability partner. I tell people, if it's not on my calendar, that means it's not getting done because it's not important because my calendar is what holds me accountable to myself because I want to make sure that I'm being intentional with the time that I have because we all have 24 hours of the day. So just like those millionaires and billionaires, they're successful because they're also maintaining what time they're spending and where they're spending it. So if you want to come into success and you want to get out of the, that rut, be intentional with the time that you're spending. Be intentional on what you're listening to, personal development. Are you listening to audiobooks? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you listening to things that build you up and feed your soul? Um, exercise. Exercise is a good way to overcome trauma too and also release those um, stress levels because if your cortisol levels are too high, that will bring on unwanted sicknesses and illnesses. So be mindful there, whether you're going for a walk, a run, a jog, or swimming, or doing some type of physical activity that helps overall, because you're clearing your mind from the day-to-day -day -day hustle and bustle, and you're doing something that's fueling your body. Also, nutrition, too, can be very important when you're on the road to recovery and healing. So those are some other things to be mindful of. Yeah, and the other tip I have is... Um when I get people to brainstorm, I, I ask what, what's an area that overlaps? And one that I have found that overlaps many different categories of our life are exercises like yoga. Yoga is good for our physical body, re releasing physical tension. It releases emotional tension. So it's good for our mental health. Um, it's good for our spirituality because as we can be really mindful and practice gratitude, which is our fundamentals in spirituality. I'm getting close to our souls and our, and our core. And then if we do yoga with our partner or a friend, it's either in the relationship bucket um, or the social bucket. So I, I love things like that. Like, like, okay, what's something that I can do that helps me feel empowered in, in many areas of my life? Amazing. Yes, that was a great addition, Karen. And as we begin to wind down, I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with the call to action for this segment, something that is going to help them recover from trauma, or share this segment with somebody, or mm -hmm. etc. Okay, 
So anyone out there that is um, a survivor, I do offer a program. I have um, two. One's a free program on Facebook. It's a support group for women recovering from trauma, um, where we have themes every day on, on different things that you can collaborate with other um, survivors with. And then the other is I do have a paid membership that's in beta right now. And the membership comes with two coaching calls a month. And there's a theme every month. Um, trauma impacts every area of a woman's life. So each month there's a theme on that area impacted and how we have a mini course about that area. The two coaching calls, we have journaling prompts and affirmations of the month based on recovering in that area. So it's, it's unique, it's one of a kind. I, my plan is to make this a global membership. We also offer scholarships for women all over the world. Um, I, I just sold my first scholarship, um, a woman that was more abundant that I, I know, she purchased a scholarship for a woman who's a So you mentioned the woman who was very abundant, who helped out with the scholarship. Yeah, so um, women who have means and want to support women um, in, that are in a different path in their recovery, you can purchase a scholarship. A scho the scholarships are set forever at $28 a month. I'm never going to increase that fee. And so if you wanted, if you're not a survivor or a survivor doing very well, you can sponsor another woman anywhere in the world that could benefit from the support. So that's a cool thing that we also offer. That is beautiful. And I'm so glad that a woman was able to be a sponsor so she could give that gift to somebody else. And Karen, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you on social media and plug your website? Sure. So the membership um, is healingfromtraumatogether.com. And another way to reach me and see all the services and tools I offer is karenrobinson360.com. That has my calendar link for a 15-minute free consultation call. Um, it has all my social media and all the programs and services I offer. Beautiful. And are you on any social media sites? I'm on all of them. And what's your Face handles? Sure. Facebook.com slash groups slash Heal Thrive Dream. Or my business page is Facebook.com slash Heal Thrive Dream. Instagram, it's um, at Heal Thrive Dream. Whoop, whoop. And there you have it, listeners and viewers, Karen Robinson. So we talked about trauma, healing from trauma, and really getting your power back and walking in authority with who you are, because you are a masterpiece. You're here for a reason, and we need you to glow up, allow your light to shine, sparkle, and pop, so you can give that contagious energy to somebody else who may be struggling. Until we chat next time, peace, love and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms 
and connect with us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp for all things video content. Until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.